<laughs> no murder. I'm going to morb, then I morb what? all over the place. No! <laughs> don't, don't morb. But can I morph? <laughs> like a Power Ranger? <laughs> like Morpheus. <laughs> uh, no! Then I morphed all over the place. <laughs> don't do that to him. Don't, don't do that to Lawrence Fishburne. Because in one life, you pay your taxes, you help your neighbor carry out their garbage. 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 <laughs> oh, Hugo Weaving's weird American accent. Where would I be without you? Let him have it. It's kind it. of iconic. Anyway, um, it probably isn't clear. I was about to say, if it isn't clear. Yeah, we're gonna talk about The Matrix today. Happy Pride Month, everybody. Happy I hope Pride. everyone's having, like, a safe Pride no matter how you cel- you're celebrating this year. <laughs> Safe. Wear a mask. Uh, use condoms. Yes. Wear, wear a mask. <laughs> Look at me, Westerners. You should be wearing masks. Wearing Still, masks. Get yourself checked out and take care of each other, basically. Yes. Pride is also about community and looking out for each other. And All also right. wearing latex. Just like in The Matrix. Just like in The Matrix. <laughs> exactly. A lot of latex, a lot of pleather. Not very sustainable. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know if they still have the costumes. I think they probably disintegrated by now. Unless they were, like, preserved somewhere. For, like, museum. That I'm... Yeah, that I'm just not aware of. Which is strange that I wouldn't be aware of it. Of course. Seems like a failing on my part. I feel like... I Um, feel like you're the type of person to have, like, Google alerts of the Matrix. No, I don't. Number one, I don't know how to do that. You don't know how to... Set up Google I alerts. D- what is a Google alert? I don't know how to do that. You've watched a glass onion. <laughs> yeah, but like, I don't. I have seen glass onion. I know it's a thing. I don't know how to do it on my phone. I can teach you. It's, it's okay. I love how one of my favorite movies, me, a very tech illiterate person, <laughs> is major. very tech heavy. <laughs> I don't know about that, but it definitely is very, like, sci-fi tech-oriented. Uh, yeah, I thought you were saying you don't know if I'm not tech-illiterate or not. I'm like, we no, have no. a lot of proof. <laughs> no, it's it's the... I, I'm more questioning the, like, the tech-savviness of the Matrix oh, yeah. in general, which... It, it sure is something. If you didn't already know, The Matrix is a 1999 movie directed by the Wachowski sisters. It's Pride Month, no transphobia. I mean, no transphobia any time of the year. But Real. especially this month. Everyone who's conservative, you are not red pills. Oh. Okay? Y'all are the fucking agents. What's your take on that? Like, the, the internet absorption of The Matrix, like, terminology, where mm-hmm. in Redditors have just, like, kind of, like, absorb the term red pill, blue pill. I guess that's because Mor- Morpheus says it's if you want to know the truth, and mm-hmm. a lot of people on Reddit are like, I know the truth. <laughs> but it's so strange whenever they take it out of the context of the movie, because I'm like, nope, you are the kind of person <laughs> that the people in the movie are fighting. And I'm just like, it's a really strange what parts of the movie get passed around on the internet, mm. and what kind of, like, stays underground, if that makes sense. Yeah. I just, I can't imagine what, like, how people receive the film without the queer context or the queer reading in it. Or even just, like, the no- the kind of anarchist yeah. slash leftist messages. Like, I don't know how you look at The Matrix, which is essentially about a group of humans breaking from the hold from this giant corporate well, technically, yeah. Corporate entity of machines and, let's be real, in 1999 Matrix, white men in mm-hmm. suits <laughs> who are anonymous and track your every move. They saw that and they were like, yeah, no, we're, we're the good guys. Oh, we are goodness. Neo Trinity and Morpheus. We're not we're not the agents. We're not Smith. What are you talking about? We're not Cypher. We're, we're not eating the steak. It pisses me off every time I have to like see one of my favorite movies, like conservatives being like, I'm Neo. I'm Trinity. Bitch, who? Well, what yeah. happened in the train sequence? <laughs> he just said his name is Neo. Neo. It's crazy. Neo <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's it. Mr. Neo, last name, pronouns. Real? <laughs> Actually real. 
Oh my goodness. So we've oh cracked God. the code. And also, there's that whole thing about in the 90s, apparently estrogen was the red pill. I remember, I think, reading somewhere that the Wachowskis, that that set was a queer club, like a queer uh, BDSM club that was open for a while. So yes. <laughs> okay, yeah. We were watching The Matrix, and I was trying to be quiet because I didn't want to like, talk over the movie, but I still did anyway. And then when we were watching the second movie, Matrix Resurrections, I went, okay, I'm gonna keep quiet. And then I, SG just went, I can keep feel you holding back your little factoids, little factoids. on the other end of the line. <laughs> I, I mean, I did have factoids. I bought the Blu-ray that had all the <laughs> documentaries and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> You had the director's commentary, just like yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. I had the director's commentary. I had the making of the props masters and yeah, all the script that. Book. <laughs> the script book does not exist. Oh, it doesn't yet. <laughs> I would love for there to be a script book. You of can my make your own. Game. Do it like a I know I can. Thing. What was your like take when you first watched The Matrix the other day? I I mean, generally coming into it, I didn't really expect much of it because it's like. You know, I remember. I remember buttons saying something about this, like uh, buttons are friends. Yeah, hasn't really watched into the Spider Verse until like a few weeks ago, before they like before she was about to watch across, across the, the Spider Verse. <laughs> yeah, in in the cinema. So I, I I feel like that's my take on what the Matrix is to me because like. It's it's such like a cultural zeitgeist to the point that like yeah everyone I know has like referenced and or watched the film. It's like if you the the only way you can avoid references to the Matrix is if you don't consume media in general. <laughs> That's true. L- literally, like while we were watching it, like there were actual scenes from it where I was like, hey, they did that in this movie. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's so many like callbacks to different in different movies. The the kick, the flying kick Trinity does in the opening scene. It's in Shrek. Yeah, Fiona does it in Shrek. (laughs) Yeah, it's like what's the word? Like I I read about this. uh, I can't I can't not bring it up. (laughs) So so in my like in my like final for my intro to IT class, one of my tasks was to like kind of like define. I guess cyber crime, well not cyber crime, like mm-hmm. ethics in technology and sci- science and technology okay. or whatever the fuck. But like they had a special interest in specifically like information technology. So mm-hmm. I had to look up like piracy, like piracy issues. And like there were a couple of articles, you know, always piracy is illegal, TM. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, which it is, it is definitely illegal. But I, I, it is definitely I, illegal. <laughs> but nowadays, it seems like yeah. it's the only way to keep media that you loved in its unchanged yeah. format. And it's, it's thank you, streamers. It's literally so notable too because I I read this one article, um, which I also pirated. But <laughs> listen, <laughs> I, I read this one. Article. Education should be accessible for Real. everyone. I read this one article about how like a lot of indie films in like the global south like indie filmmakers directors like just artists in general um when in relation to film a lot of them were only really able to access media through piracy and it's notable how in the global south there is almost always entire pirate markets (laughs) like just out in the public like people know about this even though it's illegal people still have it and it is still like an open secret that you can access these places and you can just go and walk up yes. and like buy a pirated movie for like <laughs> like dirt cheap. <laughs> so like artistic influence like begets like the legality of things, which kind of yeah. is like a point that is made within the film itself, which is really fun. So I, I understand yeah. why a lot yeah, of yeah. like global south artists and uh, like even in the global north, it's it's very popular because it it really just like transcends that boundary that yeah. has been set. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think I, I mean I'm gonna say this on mic. Like I wouldn't love the films. I would wouldn't be into films and TV without piracy. Like especially mm. back in 2010 or so, the only way you could get TV shows was 
in a like pack of like fifty that you had to yeah. buy from these locations. Sometimes the DVDs you would get weren't even complete seasons,、yeah. and they would always have like Chinese subtitles. Yeah, they're they're burned into <laughs> they're burned <laughs> into the, into the, the video. video. But like, yeah, it's it's a、uh, this was before like piracy was a lot more accessible、yeah. to the to the like. The general population of the internet. <laughs> no, what shocked me recently is I saw the tweet from Kristen Shaw talking about how、mm-hmm. she was looking for a way to show her kids Mysterious Benedict Society, but there's no、mm. DVDs, like official DVDs. Someone had、right. to help her pirate it, and I was oh like, oh,、goodness. I forgot that's not like a common thing in the US because they're so used to like official DVD, official Blu-ray <laughs> releases、yeah. that they can get access to for cheap at like a Target or a Walmart or a Best Buy or something. When they get here, I remember when I was young, I wanted the official Supernatural DVDs because they、mm-hmm. had all like the bloopers, the behind the scenes, the commentaries. I wanted all that because I'm a nerd,、mm-hmm. and I saved up maybe two weeks. Of allowance to buy a single DVD、mm-hmm. of one season, and I bought until season seven, and that was not cheap. Like I remember in the places we used to go to, there was like a, I forgot what I think it might have been Astrovision is the name of the DVD CD store here before it closed down. But whenever I had like extra money, I would always buy official CDs. But those were like back then, even back then, those like were like five hundred to six hundred pesos. I can't imagine what it would be like now. Vinyls alone are like. Five k. I I I'd assume a CD is about like eight hundred to one thousand,、yeah. depending on the artist at this point. Unless, of course, you go to the piracy locations that we will not divulge. We can't talk about.、Them. We can't talk about. Them, <laughs> they do exist. Yeah, I think a lot of it is a lot of these artists in the global south would probably not be creating art if it、mm. weren't for piracy, which is why、um, even when people. Talk about book piracy! I get so pissed because people are like,、mm. "Oh, just go to a library." <laughs> What library? What updated library? For listeners who don't know, our libraries in this country are mostly educational. They're、yeah. not necessarily updated. There's some really good ones. That's a little dodgy. Yeah, there there's some good ones, but they aren't like the either that or the waiting list is so long. With there's not、mm. a lot of copies of a certain book. Like it, it's yeah, not it's, like it's not very accessible to. To most people, too. Yeah, no. Like libraries、really、aren't、not. a place for poor people. They're、yes. a place for you know people who can park, <laughs>、yeah, who can drive and park. Yeah, it's like it's crazy the way I think about how like people should talk more about that honestly because I think it's crazy the way people in the global north view piracy versus in the global、yeah. south where you know if, without piracy you we probably would not have access to a lot of the indie films. What I noticed this weekend,、mm-hmm. Wes Anderson is technically. A big filmmaker.、Mm-hmm. Asteroid City is not screening anywhere, and that's technically that a bit.、Uh, he has a new movie coming out called Asteroid <laughs> City, but it's not showing anywhere. What was screening was The Flash, Across the Spider Verse, Little Mermaid, Elemental, and No Hard Feelings. No Asteroid City. None of the like smaller. In indie comedies or like indie、right. movies. So even when I was young and I wanted to see like my favorite, like I would go through a film, my favorite filmography, and they would have movies that would never in a million years come、mm. to this country. There would be、yeah. no budget to send this to the country, but I could go to these so-called pirate places and get a copy and watch it. There are some movies that I would never have seen without piracy. In fact,、right. I, I'm going to be honest. I think our our first the first time I watched The Matrix, it was on my dad and it, dad's computer, and it was probably pirated. No, yeah, like the thing with the、uh, the thing with piracy and that you can literally like connect to the first Matrix movie、mm-hmm. is that the only way you can. Access it like access like avenues for I don't know what do you want like freedom of expression or more information、yes. about something that you are interested in or to connect with people like you you have to have someone introduce you to the yes, scene yes, itself yes definitely which is why like I kind of sort of understand why it's been taken on by redditors. Like these、mm. terminologies, but、yeah. like at the same time, th- there is a very like distinct through line within the film of community and just general. I don't know, like for the peopleness, yes, <laughs> like anti-establishment ideas. 
and even the way that they receive data and like how the knowledge is available if you want to take it it's it's put into their brain like neo knows kung fu they all know how to do this <laughs> because they share the knowledge it's yeah. not like gate kept in the community right they don't share it for prestige within the community yes. yes they just share it because like that's information you want to share with others it's also it's... because they understand that you as a human you have the right to this knowledge because everyone should have this knowledge yeah not, if like, you can have it then some other people should like yes it's not supposed to be just like stuff that you can own and hoard. This is not property. Yes. Like that's that's what's always been weird to me with the idea of like intellectual property, which I understand the idea of like I came up with this idea first, like I invented this. Mm -hmm. But like inherently the idea of patents when it comes to like the scientific community is just legitimately harmful mm -hmm. to people who can't have access to that like yeah that that's yeah. been with the, like the issue of medicine with within the past few God. years of pandemic where yeah. people who patented and like copyrighted all this bullshit around like cures for the covid how, how, how long did it take for the philippines to get vaccines i think we waited a couple extra months for it to be available yeah. in the country, and it and was it and it was available to everyone. It was literally it was, it was literally line. a debt. We we borrowed from another country, and we still yeah. have to pay it back. We we're, we're on loan for all of that medicine. What else is new? What else is new? There, I think the reason that the Matrix has like like especially the first movie has like stayed so in the public consciousness mm -hmm. is really down to what the Wachowskis were somehow able to do about like bringing all these i guess ideas that have been in the back of people's minds or like out, out of the corner that I into one movie mm -hmm. like it's crazy that i watched the barbie trailer <laughs> and when kate mckinnon's barbie holds up a high heel and a birkenstock i'm like oh it's it's a matrix, matrix. <laughs> it's a matrix reference <laughs> that is crazy like i cannot imagine like making a piece of media that is that iconic that you take what you know the shot when other people do it right like the akira slide or <laughs> like the akira slide too that, yeah it's crazy i don't think i've ever seen like a modern movie now that would have the same kind of effect on society and like conversations about technology about virtual reality about ai mm. that factor that you can go and point at the matrix and go like "Ooh, that's that's something that they had i feel like in that era of like creativity like a lot of people have mythologized the nostalgia around 90s to early 2000s films and media mm. in general because there are like video games as well that to this day have been like absorbed so absorbed into like a certain genre that you still mm -hmm. feel like echoes of it throughout, right? Our era currently is very obsessed with trying to make something like that. You know, you know yeah. how, yeah, you know how like Miles Braun is just like you know, um, I want my yes. name uttered under the same breath as the Mona Lisa. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly like that. That's what people are trying to keep doing is they want their their property to be uttered under the same breath as this In, kind of thing instead of just like being. You know itself. what's really, you know what's really funny, mm -hmm. bringing it back to the Matrix. Mm -hmm. The fact that the Matrix itself is set in the '90s, that that's what the computer set itself mm -hmm. into, like the, like the false world that the Matrix is. It's in the tail end of the 20th century, I think is what Morpheus says. It's already trying to be what it was in the past, yeah. and now in the present, we look at the Matrix and we're like trying to make sci-fi movies like the Matrix, right. which is it's it's so there's so many layers about it. You can you can make something completely original while still reflecting those ideals within a certain yeah. kind of film. It's it's called being inspired by, <laughs> you know. I think one of the reasons why these movies were so popular is because while they did have inspiration, like Matrix takes inspiration from anime, from mm -hmm. kung fu movies, is it still had its own ideas yeah. about the present time. Like it wasn't current, trying to like be the, something the, What the future was gonna be like. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's why, you know, sci-fi films of the 90s and early 2000s, we, we look at them and we go, oh, they're so clever, they're so, like, original, but I'm like, well, what are we doing? Like, in in terms of thinking about where sci-fi could be going in the future. Yeah. This is why I love, um, there's a trend in fiction right now, in, in books at least, like solar punk right. is interesting. Yeah. 
I would love to see what was solar that one. Was that, is. I don't remember if if it was like a Pixar or a Disney film, but it's like a, a recent. It's called Strange World or something. Um, oh yes, yeah. I haven't seen it, but I, that one that that one's on my list. Like I wish that had gotten a while, a wide release on the in theaters. It's I because would, I would have been interested. In, <laughs> it's because in one it. of the characters is gay, and also streaming. Disney sends projects out to die at this point. Yeah. Whenever they put it on streaming, oh, direct the stream, like uh, like Disenchanted. <laughs> we still got yes! caught. Like we, we still caught like wind of it. We still pirated it. Like yeah, fuck yeah. off. But like <laughs> putting it on stream won't help it. Yeah, it's more likely. Well, it'll help with accessibility in general, but it won't help you, the big corporation. Yeah, it's the direct to DVD all of media in the world version of. Yes, literally! The, the sequels of the movies that were directed DVD! Oh my yeah. god. The kind of films that The Matrix were that are still like cultural zeitgeists, I guess. Um, there There's a very distinct difference between like films or like kinds of media that are trying to say something. Trying not to tread where someone else has tread before. And then there's media that has been advertised to death. And that is the only reason why it's still popular. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like, sorry to Harry Potter fans, but without, like, the constant rollout of merch and, like, whatever, video games. Yeah. I don't think... Or, like... It would literally have no staying power. Yeah. If it wasn't for childhood nostalgia, honestly. Yeah. I think, okay, that's the, the one thing I, I'm saying this now. The the Spider-Verse series, that's one of the films of this, like, era that will stay on until yes, the end, I, like, I in memoriam. see that. Because it's, like, I've seen a lot of, like, think pieces on it. I'm gonna try to, like, be spoiler-free. <laughs> There's a very good reason why it's so popular and also why like not a lot of comic book fans are mad about it unless you're mm-hmm. unless they're like racist <laughs> <laughs> because um a lot of Miles Morales's story inadvertently because it was like he was created what in like 2016 it was really hard to avoid the constant like comparisons between him and Peter Parker and the way they did the Spider-Verse movies as as they currently have been like rolling out a lot of the films are about how there is a very good reason why Miles is the Spider-Man of his yes. universe <laughs> yes. and why he deserves that title and why he is a good Spider-Man because anybody can be Spider-Man that is the point anybody can be Spider-Man anyone can wear the mask that's, that's the whole point of the films they're not afraid to tread on like completely like original grounds um, mm-hmm. even though it's that's something of like a point of contention with with, with fans of like an adaptation because yeah. they're still very true to the character respectful. yeah they're they're very they're respectful still very respectful to the source material essentially so it's it's okay that you're maintaining like you know the the like they're, you're just like adapting something into a different medium yeah. as long as you're still telling like a very novel story then that's yeah. fine i mean in the sense like uh what neil patrick harris's analyst says in resurrections mm-hmm. we're still telling the same stories we've always told just with different names different faces different like twists on it but essentially we have seen these stories before but there are people who are able to break out of the confines of what you would normally think of this story mm. and that's when you get something special right and that's when you get something worth looking at you know those shakespeare to modern era kind of like adaptations? yes yeah like those were good like those i love those those have like staying those. power and you watch them they're fun they, they're a little dated but like that's you know that's the no, what <laughs> and what's great about it is if you have like a really good adaptation, mm-hmm. it makes people want to go back to the source material, right? And it brings more and fresh eyes on this old source material, which could then lead to different, more art being born of this, right? In like different ways, and I always think that's so interesting. And I kind of am sad that we don't get those Shakespeare adaptations anymore. Mm-hmm. I really did like them. And I always thought they were like a really accessible way for like younger audiences to get into Shakespeare. I mean there was the recent like Oh are you talking about Rosalind? No. Um I was I was I was trying to talk about like that one 
recent oh it's emma <laughs> oh yeah yeah the yeah. recent Heck like yeah. jane austen adaptation that was very that very was good. also really good <laughs> that was very good i'm not against adaptations i i am just against them when i can very much tell that there was no love for the source material at all. <laughs> percy jackson i mean what <laughs> Um, sorry, the uh, there, was a, there, was a, ah! there was a cuff in my throat. Um, sorry about that. The of Hill House. See, and this is Goodness. why I will die on the hill that Bly Manor is better than Hill House. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. Okay, no, I was gonna <laughs> talk about like Hill House. Yeah, because like my, my whole point within the the Hill House video that I made was that it's a good show. It, mm-hmm. I just, it's not. It, it's just it's not, not the haunting of Hill House. It's not the haunting of Hill it's House. It's literally just yeah. like. A completely original story with names exactly. borrowed from the Cotton exactly. House. Which is fine. It's just as long as you can't just claim that you are adapting the Haunting of Hill House when you are yeah. very basically not doing that. <laughs> you can make an it, original again, story. I'm not against it. It's like the it's like the Lightning Thief. <laughs> On like God. The first Lightning Thief movie. <laughs> On God. Like it's a good like it's a good fantasy movie. It's a good, like, modern fantasy movie. It's not Percy Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> you can make an original story. I am not against it. I love original stories. I love when they're mm-hmm. just done so well that you will be just like, oh, that's, that's good. Like Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> like there are a bunch of films. Polite Society. Yeah, you. there Polite are society. just a bunch of films that you can name. Like a, a bunch of series that you can name. Just stories that you know are original. Aren't very like novel per se but they are telling a very good story mm-hmm. that is new that is not just like yes. borrowed from someone else you can also make stories where you can very obviously see what they are referencing like matrix <laughs> where they are yeah, constantly because- talking about alice in wonderland <laughs> yes that was really i was also going to talk about that where essentially neo's journey into the matrix is very clearly Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, and it's good. It's very, <laughs> and it's great because it makes sense. He literally goes through a looking glass, right? And it's not that it's like it gets tired, but they, there's such a spin on it that it's not necessarily Alice in Wonderland as you know it, mm. but it has those hints that make you go, "Oh, I think I know how the story is gonna go, so I'm gonna watch it." Right, and then it surprises you. Yeah, because it's and not says, following it. But it has those hints because I think nowadays. We've, we have so much media, so mm. much film, so much TV, so many books. It's an oversaturation of media. There's, there is no way that a work is not inspired by something else. Yeah. Cozier's new album is about Dante's Inferno. <laughs> Literally Dante's nothing Inferno. new under the sun anymore. But there's always ways to make it fresh. And I think I've been frustrated with like seeing... Like, I guess discourse about the Flash and people being like, why don't people like it? I'm like, well, it's because they've seen it before. Yeah. And they've seen it done better. Yeah. And uh, that was on a CW show. <laughs> like, ooh. Get can burned. You imagine getting burned by a CW oh, show? Oh, God. We could have just had Grant Gustin instead. <laughs> and it's also why I feel like a lot of people have Marvel fatigue right now. Mm. Because these studios are like, we know what works. So we're just going to keep doing it. Mm. Even if we get, like, even if you get all these great auteurs, like, say, um, Sam Raimi for Doctor Strange. If you don't let them break out of your story confines, you will not get anything memorable or worth watching mm. or something that will stick in the public consciousness. That's what I've been saying um, regarding like trying to look for like authentic representation within corporate media is just a bad mm. idea. Because by and by, like when you go into a piece of media trying to look for a representation of yourself, which is it's barely a minority. You're not even like a tick box on a, on a on a like on a certificate or anything. When you're trying to look for representation of yourself in corporate media, it's not going to ring true. It's never going to be you. It's never going to be fully you. Yeah, it's it's not going to be authentic to your experience or to anyone's experience in general unless that's what corporate is trying to do it's like it, unless it's, that's what corporate somehow managed to overlook yeah it's it's what happened with like how people did not like raya when it came out oh god yeah <laughs> because first of all the casting was just shit secondly it was just a western story with southeast asian aesthetics 
Yes. And it's it's not it was not even <laughs> And like how currently it? people are trying to fight for their lives in the tag like in the Disney tags about elemental. Even because there's they're saying that it's like a, a like an Asian American thing. But like there are better Asian American media out there made by Asian American people where Here's they the are thing. What's funny by about themselves. this argument? Mm-hmm. What's funny about this argument when it comes to Disney? Disney does have that mm-hmm. and it's turning red. Yeah. There is that Asian American experience. But what I also find frustrating about elemental is people it's it already is derivative because Zootopia did it La- literally already. Yeah. But like like not to like diminish the author's experience, but I think there could have been a better way of interpreting it yeah. that made it feel less like oh it's it's, it's Zootopia but with, with elements. Yeah. And I think that's also what Disney's problem is right now. Like or Pixar in general. Like people don't want the same stories over and over. Like I know that the formula works, but when you have years and years and years of formula Eventually, people are just gonna stop eating the cake. Yeah, it's why Maleficent was so successful. Yes, and like and the Alice not in Wonderland <laughs> live action. I mean, yes, I will admit Alice in Wonderland was also successful. Cinderella, yeah, too. Twenty fifteen, because even though it followed like the like, I will, I will jump. That's one of my favorite live action Disney's. Just like because it actually gave them like a rich story. Yeah, without like I don't know. Quote unquote, breaking oh the canon <laughs> of Cinderella, but but it still like gave them something fresh yeah. and new with Kit because and it's, Ella. It's and, like, um the thing with like that's why Beauty and the Beast sucked. <laughs> yeah, it's it's because um like fairy tales, and this is something that Disney should probably know, but since they don't like you know like the themes is for third graders or something the fuck <laughs> it's like it just because because they don't like see much in the the realm of writing and storytelling. They kind of just like push to the side the idea that there should be more than just the recognizable like fairy tale characters. Yes, exactly. The the fresh thing about the like those first three live action films was that they gave them characters, which like the original fairy tales did not. Fairy tales, in essence, you know, like Alice in Wonderland and like. Greek mythology and everything. They're all archetypical. So if you add yes. character to those and then like you don't even have to do world building. You just have to like make the characters and somehow build a world that makes sense around them. That's yes. literally all you have to do. That's the best formula you can give. <laughs> but if you try to just retread what you've already done, then it literally will flop. It's not because diversity is bad it's not because audiences don't like adaptations it's because the writing is shit (laughs) and i feel like people just don't understand that it's the same way that people felt about because i remember my dad was so excited Mm -hmm. when matrix resurrections came out and matrix resurrections is the reason i went down this whole keanu (laughs) spiral but i remember when i was looking for like reviews or like people talking about it people were so negative about it right and that was mostly because apparently it wasn't like the other three films it wasn't like their expectations and i'm like but the film i was so frustrated because i'm like but the film is quite literally about that yeah it's about growing beyond the story yeah it's it's the pitch meeting like there was a pop part of the population who wanted the matrix to be like that pitch meeting like what do you what do you think of when we think of the matrix it's bullet time it's you know pvc it's all that it's also you know how nope was about like spectacle yes and how much people put into spectacle to the point of like dehumanizing others i think yes yeah it's exactly that concept again where people really really like action and aesthetic and like completely push aside storytelling just for the sake of spectacle because it looks great it looks amazing yeah but what the fuck is it i don't care if it looks great or amazing if i don't understand like, what, what you're the, trying what to the tell fuck me does it mean yeah like i i watched very recently like a little like 16 minute short film uh by don hertzfeld um called world of tomorrow and it's basically it's animated stick figures mm. And it's it's good. It's sixteen oh minutes long, and it's good. <laughs> like I don't care if it looks like shit. If I understand what it's trying to tell me, and it delivers that perfectly well, then that's good. That's fine. Like the that's from good. what I've seen of like the, the <laughs> this is with context, guys. 
Gab only made me watch Matrix and Matrix Resurrections <laughs> because the series is like four movies long. So yes. we didn't have the time for that. I d- I d- <laughs> uh, also, I, d- I didn't want to put SJ3 Reloaded and like, no offense. I love Reloaded. I love Revolutions. They are very long movies. <laughs> I would have roasted them. I'm not going <laughs> to No, I know. And I personally, when I feel like there's a lot more to dissect mm-hmm. in Resurrections and its relationship to the first movie. Like for me, Reloaded and Revolutions feels like world building, mm-hmm. which I can explain to SJ. Yeah, SJ doesn't need to like watch the movie. I can explain yeah. it because I have seen these movies many times. But like, the story gets a bit lost. Yeah, I will say that. And and the, and the glamour of the Matrix. Oh, it's it, like um ah, uh, that's why they hired him. That's what, why they hired what? a new Morpheus than the exact actor. <laughs> Was Yahya Abdul Mateen? I just I've just realized that because connected the dots. Candyman did the exact same thing. There is something so interesting about the actor choices in Matrix Resurrections mm-hmm. that I haven't seen discussion yet. Like, like the fact that Lana Wachowski mm-hmm. chose Jonathan Groff <laughs> and Neil Patrick Harris to play. The major antagonists. And if we're looking at The Matrix in the context of the it movement. being a queer movie, yeah, it's very interesting that these roles were played by white, Cis-head cis, men. gay men, oh, cis gay men actors. Yeah. It's very, it's like, it's so interesting. And what's also drives me nuts that I don't see that many people talk about is whenever people talk about Neo's journey... Mm-hmm. What he gets likened to is Alice in Wonderland. It's all these female protagonists. Mm-hmm. And then what happens in Resurrections? The transfer of Neo's important flying power shifts over to Trinity. And I don't think that's a coincidence at all. <laughs> like, whenever people are like, ooh, it's just feminism, I'm like, <sighs> inner peace. <laughs> I, I deflect. I deflect stupidity. We need to do a kung fu panda. Yes, I love kung fu panda so much. Oh my god! But like, there's no. I think, I think people always say death of the author. But when a story is a heartfelt or like intrinsically tied to a writer's journey, yeah. I don't think it's hard. That to do you that. can do that. It's the same way that you can't say death of the author of J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Because yeah, intrinsically, when you utter that name, the the property that they made, you will think of the person who made it as well. It's and also those like like it or not, whether or not you you admit it to yourself, whenever you make art, your beliefs, your views, it seeps into your art. Yeah, and you cannot untie Harry Potter with its anti-Semitic, transphobic Racist ties. <laughs> there is a very loud motorcycle going by my Trinity, house. please. <laughs> we need to talk about you. Please, let us Trinity, have please. <laughs> oh, God. Um. Yes. And people were talking about resurrections mm-hmm. and going, why did they make this? Why did, like, why did the studio force them to do this? And they literally put it in the movie. Yeah, because they it's want It's in the movie. One. Like, our parent company, Warner Brothers... You know, they think it's going to be profitable, yeah. and that's probably the truth. It is, and I know I've, I, I have listened to episodes where apparently Warner Brothers, for years and years, went to the Pachowski sisters and were like, "Will you do another Matrix? Will you do another Matrix? Will you do another Matrix?" And it was always, "No, no, we want to do something else," which understandable, like considering Wachowski's after Matrix, they did Speed Racer, they did I think did Cloud Atlas come before Jupiter Ascending? Yes, I, yes, I it must did. have Cloud Atlas. Jupiter Ascending, and then they did Sense8. Yeah. And also, the the writer for the book that Cloud Atlas is based on wrote, helped co-write Matrix Resurrections, mm-hmm. David Mitchell. When it comes to Matrix Resurrections, there's like this thing where people are like, oh, so why did, why did the machines bring Neo and Trinity back? And in Resurrections, there's so much like conversation about nostalgia, about bringing back the past. Mm. And it's about like these corporate machines wanting to th- bring them back for selfish reasons. What I think is interesting is how the movie came about is f- for Lana Wachowski, it came from a place of grief. Mm. And like a very honest grief that wasn't necessarily corporate grief. Because Lana and Lily Wachowski could have very easily chosen to make another Matrix movie, ca- took the cash, and just left. 
fucked off. Yeah. And just left. But the fact is that, no, Lana Wachowski was mo- motivated to make the story after this very human thing happened to her, which is that loss of her, fa- of her parents and a close friend. And she said she found comfort in having Neo and Trinity back. And against all odds, what she makes is a story about finding comfort despite the fact that you are living in a society that seeks to control you. Yeah. And in that sense, it ties back to the first movie. And whenever people dunk on the Matrix Resurrections, I'm like, oh, oh, you don't have media literacy. <laughs> that sounds elitist, guys, but it's not. I swear it's not. It no, literally like, is just a basic reading of the it's films. So fr- and honestly, it's really frustrating because I, I know, you know, like they didn't have the original fight choreographer and all that. But I'm like, the whole point of the... Matrix Resurrections is Neo doesn't want to be who he was anymore. Yeah. He is something new. He transitioned though. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's the same way like if like I know because this is technically my thesis thing. Like if you try to go back to who you were in high school you would not want to be that person mm-hmm. anymore. Absolutely. Like if you, you would not want to be that person and the fact that in Matrix Resurrections everyone is expecting Neo to be that person. In the same way that in the first movie Everyone's expecting Neo to be the one. Yeah. But Neo finds purpose, and because Morpheus is like he has to find it himself, and that's all spiralized his journey. Journey. That's not a word. <laughs> journey and resurrections, where he finds a different way to fight, and he's not fighting for himself because he knows who he, he is. Literally every single time, every single time Trinity's life is like in peril, he immediately he's just like, explodes. My, my, no, it's like, it's so funny because they're like, fight for you. And he was like, nah, bro. Nah. And they're like, okay, but Trinity. Trinity? <laughs> Trinity's in trouble. Invented oh, I love a man who loves his wife. <laughs> but yeah, I think there's something so like interesting about that fact. And I, it really frustrates me when people are like, Resurrections wasn't like the other Matrix movies. And that's why it's bad. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. Oh, so you just want to did rewatch you ca- did the Did you Matrix? care? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's another thing about, like, all these adaptations and, like, criticism about, like, for example, Halle Berry being the Little Mermaid. Like, yeah. the old movies have not gone away. Yeah. They are right there. Just watch if it you again. want that, go watch that. People want to make other things. Want to give their own story spin on it. And that's not bad. That just means maybe more people will get to enjoy the stories that you enjoy. Because they'll come back and they'll watch old ones. Or maybe not. And that's fine, because that's how right, art the, works, you. That- does rub up against the very hard conversations around whether or not a sequel is needed or if it mm-hmm. should be acknowledged when it comes to the original canon of your film. Say your film ended, or your story ended, very close book, like all of the plot holes have been tied mm-hmm. up, it's fine. It can stand alone as its own movie. Yes. And then you make a sequel that, in some cases, overthrows what you said in the first film. Mm-hmm. What's interesting with with the case of The Matrix is that they made a sequel to the first movie. <laughs> yeah. That is still kind of like what's the word? It's it's loyal to the core of the first movie, but is trying to say something else that doesn't overthrow and... what the old movie was say what was saying in the yes. first place. Yes. I feel like I think as a as a four movie, it really is such an interesting dissection. Actually, the the last three movies are an interesting dissection of the world we see in the first movie. Because mm-hmm. Reloaded and Revolutions also break down um, the the world of the Matrix, like mm-hmm. the idea, like Neo in Reloaded finds out that you know he's not the first one. Like they reset him, they reboot him, and every time he he is in this room, he makes this choice. Mm-hmm about whether or not to save um, Zion. And it's happened before, and it keeps happening, and there's like this whole breakdown. Revolutions is quite literally almost just like a very futuristic war movie. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, people really didn't like Reloaded and Revolutions when it came out because they wanted to be in the shiny matrix. Mm-hmm. They want they didn't want to go back to the gritty world. They didn't want oh. to break down the gritty world. And I think that's also what Resurrections is commenting on with Neil Patrick Harris's analyst. Yeah. Like, you know, like they, they're they happy to be in this world. Yeah. They're happier than pigs and shit, I think is what he says. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so interesting to watch all four as like, 
one whole like story so i doubt they'll, they'll go back to it and they don't need to mm-hmm. unless like lana has like a story she wants to tell i think it's so like fascinating when you look up at why people don't like reloaded or they don't like resurrections and it's because it's breaking down and go po- pointing at the world and going oh but actually isn't reality much better mm-hmm. isn't like the human connection much better than whatever this is that the, this computer has generated for you mm. it's very odd that audiences didn't pick, pick up on it it's it's exactly like the um what happened to the hunger games series <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I remember being 12 and there were so many ads for capital-themed nail polish. I'm like, but, guys. You're missing the point. Oh god, literally, the first Matrix movie ends on them succeeding by leaving the Matrix. And yes. you get mad when they stay out of it. What is... What? Oh. It's oh. crazy. It's... It, it's... It's wild. They want it's bullet honestly, time. They want PVC. They want bullet time. <laughs> they want shiny. They want leather. And I think it's so like, I really like how how they portray like the real world versus the 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 world of the Matrix. Because everyone in the Matrix is shiny. Shiny. It's like it's PVC. It's like everyone looks so cool and so slick. Bugs has blue hair, and you get to the real world. And they're still like that. Yeah. They just don't have all the extra bits. Yeah. But they're still the same people who are in this story. Yeah. So just because they don't look cool, you're not gonna watch the story? That's lame. You're lame. <laughs> I think that's why books and anime like Ready Player One and Sword Art Online got so popular. And Isekai mm-hmm. in general got very, very popular because the escapism involved in yeah. being transported to that very odd and different world that foreign yeah. environment and being the one you know being the one literally Everyone. like op a lot of people want to be special yeah that ripped to them i'm different i don't, <laughs> don't, don't want you can you can take your chosen one bullshit and go i don't i would rather be a funny sidekick i do that's no. the one thing <laughs> that i don't understand with um with audiences expecting something completely different from what they are being given is that those things are available to you just leave literally just watch something else it's not that hard it's also yeah it's also just like the culture of it's also populated because of freaking marvel and everything like where people are expecting something to be exactly like the source material and they don't want they don't have like a sense of wanting to be surprised Mm -hmm. Or, like, they get mad when something gets changed. Like, a very hardcore comic fans get mad when something gets changed. Like, if it gets changed for, for like, a bad reason, sure. Like, yeah. Wanda not being Romani. Very valid reason to get mad. Yeah. But, like, when Wanda it's... Wanda being Catholic. Oh, <laughs> God. Peter Parker not being Jewish, Exactly! Apparently. And so... Oh, my God. It's in! I mean, go ahead. It's in the... Okay. Um, <laughs> but anyway, like, it's... I feel like there's such a sense of... Because everyone is so online right now. It's so hard to even go see a movie without seeing spoilers. Mm-hmm. Unless you, you you literally unplug. You unplug, you don't look at social media. That's the only way you get to be surprised. <laughs> the, the story of the Matrix is log the fuck out. Touch some grass. Log, touch some grass. <laughs> Not that grass exists. They have strawberries now. Read a book. <laughs> read a book. You know, just like allow yourself to be surprised. Yeah. Sometimes. like Be open I, to new I ideas. Am, I am so excited for Barbie yeah. for that reason. I, like, I'm excited. I think I have an idea, but I am just waiting for my mind to be blown. <laughs> or like to have a good time in the theater. Like I don't need to be completely blown but like i would love to have a good time and be surprised by the directions they go with barbie (laughs) yeah and also stop putting every single plot point in your movie trailers oh my gosh (laughs) come on leave some surprises like i'm very excited for the rachel surnot bottoms movie (laughs) because i know it's about a fight club I don't know what the fuck oh, that's happens another one. besides that. That's in the era of Matrix that everyone is still kind of obsessed with. Fight Club. Yeah, Fight Club. Fight, fight Club, yeah. Fight Club is also... I love how gay like the, the legacy films are. Fight Club, <laughs> Top Gun. Matrix. <laughs> Matrix. No, it's it's so funny because I, I know I'm reading right now like a, a book called Hi Honey, I'm Homo, mm-hmm. which is talking about queerness in sitcoms. Mm-hmm. American and, sitcoms? And like the way... Pe- 
Yes, American okay. sitcoms. And the way that, like, they would slip it in, undisclosed, and then you'd look back at it and you'd go, oh! That was gay! Oh! <laughs> that was gay! Oh my god, we haven't even talked about Neo and Trinity. Oh my god, T4T oh. Lava! T4T Lava! <laughs> Nothing is stronger than T4T Lava! <laughs> I was shouting that, oh! Before yeah, we go there, I remember, because you mentioned Jonathan Groff earlier, and I started laughing. Yes! Okay, there we go. Because- there we go. <laughs> Let SJ talk about Jonathan Groff for a bit. <laughs> because I didn't know he was going to be Agent Smith, right? I went into this completely blind. I didn't know that it was going to be a, like readapting or, or like mm-hmm. just commenting on the first film. So I saw Jonathan Groff and I was like, oh, I know this gay man. So <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know he was going to be Agent Smith. <laughs> what was funny is that it kept going. You saw, you saw Jonathan Groff, you, you saw Yaya Abdul-Mateen and you were like... <gasps> Wait, I know this yeah, man. Yeah, I'm doing my teens. Wait, Jonathan Groff, Neil Patrick Harris. Yes, literally, there's so many like and then, random games. And then the, the cast of Sense8. Yeah, there was the whole scene. Um, and if, if, if people have not watched Major's Regression, I'm so sorry. We've already spoiled so much, but we are just going to yeah. say this. The whole scene where <laughs> there's like a giant fucking shootout within the studio, um, like Keanu Reeves is like, Freaking the fuck out! He's like in he's a like trip. A, he's like a sad. He's like a sad little man. Yeah, he's just like flipping the like fuck a out. Wet puppy. And he's like a wet puppy on the ground. <laughs> and Daya Abdul Mateen is just like rocking it as as Morpheus with the with the machine guns. Yeah, and then Agent Smith walks in, Jonathan Groff, and he's just like, "Oh, I see what's going on." And then he just like he drops the act and goes full into character and I was like oh, oh he's Agent Smith oh they made like they made him serve cut in this <laughs> and Gav started laughing so hard because you went, oh, he's Agent Smith. Oh, they made him serve so much cunt in this movie. They literally, like, the fucking, the head roll. I was like, yo, was that and necessary? All, like, all his, all his, like, appearances afterward. It's just, it's so, I think Jonathan Groff is so good in Resurrections. He's so fun. I love when people just let them, like, let gay actors be gay in films. Yes. <laughs> full on. Yes. And there's like the whole Neo and Smith thing where he's kind of flirting with Neo and it's going, like, okay, we you get know, it. you made me. We are two halves of a whole and all of that. <laughs> Who Bugs has a girlfriend and named Lexi and they parallel Neo and Trinity and it's like, we get oh, it, we get it. We get it. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> the uh, the conversations between um with between Anderson and Tiffany at the start where they're just just like not like they're not clocking that they're you know in the matrix <laughs> and then they start talking about like the game the matrix yeah and i was just okay we get it you're married <laughs> like, no, just, I, that's honestly the coffee shop talks are one of my favorite parts of the movie because of how intimate and human they are yeah. like tiffany or like as trinity admitting like uh, you know how do I know if I wanted a family or if that's just what was conditioned in me by oh society? Oh my god, you were right? talking about like, this. Like, um, how there's, there's a very, very just like humane and real reason why Trinity had, like, had such difficulty breaking out of her role. Because the femininity is just a cloying, sticky thing. Um, yes! where if society conditions yes! you into it, you yes! will not yes! understand. Yes, exactly. We were talking about this. Yeah. yeah. It's very hard to break from society it, conditioned femininity. It's, <laughs> it's, it's so much like effort and conscious effort and you have to really, really want it because you know, when you, as someone in like a woman looking body, like if you leave that bubble of society imposed femininity you will be shunned yeah there will be shunning that will happen there will be like judgment and all that and like it was so like clever when he said it. i was like yeah exactly it's so good it's literally it's it's too hard to break out of that role because say you come out as not it's also i just thought of something sj Mm -hmm. sj it's about leaving behind cis heterosexual femininity yeah embracing her own kind of queer femininity yeah that that only queer people understand yeah 
And it's, it's, like, it's how, so like, hard to maintain that, too. Because, like, sometimes all, you will come yeah. out and then you will question what your version of femininity is if you're just, like, yes. conforming to what already is there or if this yes, is exactly. you. Because it's, like... It's so... Oh. Like, I'm non-binary. <laughs> I'm very openly, like, masked, very openly, like, abortion yeah. the, way I, the way I behave. And it's, like, sometimes when I feel like wearing skirts, my mom will, like, be delighted. Or if I say, like, maybe I should grow my hair out, she want me to continue doing that. And it just, it makes me so icky because sometimes I will express interest in something that is inherently feminine, but I don't want it to be construed as, like, inherently societal feminine, like, cis femininity. It feels weird. It feels wrong. But or you I don't want it to happen. Yeah. Or you don't necessarily want to experience it in the way that in the way that there are certain limits on it. Like it, it's so it, it, it's something that I feel like only queer people yeah. understand and it's a, it's, in terms of like engaging with your gender and with your sexuality and with your presentation. It's an interesting like conversation. Right. And it's it, it's interesting that the Wachowski sisters very specifically like just put that in the film and like, not yeah. a lot of people yeah, talk about definitely. it, but, like, trans people and cis women go through, like, a, a lot of very similar struggles when it comes to, like, the way society imposes femininity yeah, yeah, yeah. on you. The struggles that come with that are just everyone. Everyone gets affected by it. It's it's all negative. But yes. cis people also- get this in, like, in their head that, you know, genitals are a thing. Like, the whole gender yeah. essentialism thing is so harmful to the movement. It... <laughs> It's so it, it's so wild that you know there are cis there are transphobic cis people who say like oh you can only experience femininity in this one way mm-hmm. and then they claim to be feminists and they exclude trans women who are going through the same struggles that they go through even if it isn't necessarily their universal experience mm-hmm. but the fact that you are both women yeah you are going through women's struggles why not help each other instead of tearing each other down and pointing and going oh you're not like me because of this and it's so like like it's such like it it, it makes my heart heavy whenever i think about how like some people really do call themselves feminists and then turn around and say trans women aren't women yeah, i, like, I it's, honestly would have loved you can't more do of- that that conversation within the film especially since like interesting a lot of yeah. um a lot of the film is focused on trying to save or trying to get trinity out of there but like yeah. they put a lot of focus on she has to be willing to leave um, yeah, she has- if she if if they had given her more like conversations with that ideal of like you know do you really want to like leave, yeah, the yeah, yeah. leave the matrix or are you just like very uncomfortable with your current position in your role um if you want to adjust with like if you want to adjust just speak to your partner or speak to the people in your life that's that's almost always what people tell you when you like try to come out as you know as as trans they're just gonna be like are you sure because like people all like all women experience that yes they do (laughs) (laughs) why do you say that um but also, you know, you can experience dysphoria while being cis. Yeah. That is a very real yes, experience. Yes, you can. But as someone who was or who thought she was cis, when I was, I thought it was normal. I didn't know <laughs> that 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 was something that I had to think more about in terms of my relationship with my gender or my sexuality. Like, honestly, it's, it's, it was like a light bulb moment. It's also thanks to fucking... You're gonna bleep this out. It's fucking, you know, redacted. <laughs> or it's such a, like, uh, oh, I can do that? I'm allowed oh, I to can do, do that. that. <laughs> yeah. It's like the it's the whole Matrix thing of, oh, I can, I can explore this world? Yeah. I'm allowed to do that? Yeah. I really would have loved if they gave it, like, if they gave her yeah, more of a conversation. I definitely, yeah. yeah. I think Neil Patrick Harris also says, how, talking about how, like, um, Neo and Trinity were quietly yearning for what they didn't have or what they wanted while fearing losing what they had currently. Oh, it's which privilege. Which I think is such, like, that, and also it's such, like, a queer narrative. Yeah. When you're, like, thinking about coming out to your parents, or coming out to your friends, like, you want to be yourself. You want to, you're looking to be you. Yeah. And be honest. And But, like, there's always a fear that, especially as 
people who live in like a very Catholic mm-hmm. religious country of like you come out and you lose your friends you come out you, you have no home mm-hmm. that's like a universal experience for queer people when they think when they when they decide they want to come out or they looking to come out it's always a fear mm-hmm. there's so many layers <laughs> so many layers oh there's so many layers like <laughs> We're really in it now. <laughs> it's, it's, we're really in it now. And, like, even the idea about DSI, about, like, how Switch, I think, was supposed to be a woman mm-hmm. in the real world and then a man in the Matrix or the other way around. And that's why their name is Switch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but apparently Warner Brothers is like, uh, at the Wachowskis, no, 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 they're not going to understand that. No! no oh, come no. on, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, like, the studio's like, oh, they're not ready for that. Like, aud- mainstream audiences aren't ready for that. Oh, shut the like, fuck up. Whenever I hear that, I'm like, how are they gonna ever be ready for that if you don't take the first step and put it in your movie? Yeah. The Matrix already pioneered, like, a lot of shit in film to the point that it's still still being... We're still talking about it. Yeah, there's it. still homages to it in, like, every film you watch. The- putting something like that in a film would have just... It would have it would have changed the world. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. It it really would because like, like it's a very common like it's a very common theater thing, right? Where you yes, have yes, exactly. Like, it's also a Shakespearean yeah, thing. You have gender bend actors basically, where women it's play so, male like, roles and yeah. men play women roles. It's not yeah. that complicated. Like it's it's saying that people won't understand. <laughs> so patronizing. <laughs> I am being texted about eating food. So I guess we gotta wrap this up because I think we're also at like 18, one hour and 18 minutes. Yeah, we're at an hour mark. 144. Oh my god. The Matrix has like a lot of interesting things to say. We didn't even and get to most of it. <laughs> no, we didn't. But like, I think that's something that people should experience for themselves as well. Yeah. So I don't think we can talk about the entirety and the implications of both movies in one episode. If Gab could, and that's she also would why make the Matrix... Her um her thesis film, so, you know. Oh, if I could do an analysis, yeah. I would have. But I, I don't want to like tread on that because there are other people who will talk about it. Yeah. And also, not to be that person, but I, I whatever I, when I was just talking about this podcast, I realized how much um my thesis already has hints of the Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> you just realized wanting to go back. To who you were before. Yeah. When we make media nowadays, or make art, because mm-hmm. I hate the word making content. I don't think <laughs> we should, like, make everything content. When you make art nowadays, if you want to, like, if you really want to make something that becomes iconic, one, don't make it for the sake of it becoming iconic. Mm-hmm. Make it because it's a story you want to tell. Mm-hmm. It's a story that you feel like it needs to be told. Mm-hmm. And make it, like, sincere about ideas that we have now. Like, it's fine to look back in the past, as long as you don't get trapped there. Because that's how we get boring retreads. Yeah. Literally, just, like, if you're gonna if you're gonna do something that is inspired by an old story, at least do something new. Like, at least one it's thing. It's an old song, but we sing it anyway. Literally, you know? Hades. To- oh my god, the Orpheus and Eurydice. Yes! No! We're not gonna talk Listen, about okay. it. We're not gonna for talk about it. For listeners, for listeners... <laughs> Whenever we were watching a movie, and then SJ just into the mic went, "Oh my god!" Like Orpheus and Eurydice, I'm like, "Shut up! Shut up! No more Orpheus! No more! No more of my favorite shifts that parallel Orpheus and Eurydice." Still true though, tales old as time. It, it, it very is true. Like he literally goes to the, the quote unquote underworld to petition, and it has to be like she has he has to trust that he will she will make her choice. And literally, fall. Like, literally. Oh my god. Anyway, um, was your second yeah, point? I love. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I had a second. I think, yeah, no, that was about it. Right. The Matrix is cool. I think people should watch it more and like reflect on the messages it tries to send rather than solely focusing on the iconic parts, mm-hmm. because I think you get a lot out of it. Even like you get a lot of, out of it, and then you get those iconic action scenes, and I think that's fun. Yeah. And I think Just that's why I love engage that, those and immerse yourself in any piece of art, and you will find something meaningful to say about. Yeah. That is basically. Like, listen. <laughs> listen. You can find, like, gems anywhere. Like, I talked for uh, almost two hours about Mamma Mia. <laughs> and I don't think there are a lot of people who look at Mamma Mia and go, there's a deep story there. But there is. Yeah. There is. Listen to our first episode. <laughs> um, but anyway, 
I think that's all I should say about the Matrix. Otherwise, this will go on for ten yes, hours. This will, will go on for ten hours. I can. There would. There's so much. To the way about it. a lot of there, this, a lot of this episode, Gab was talking so fast. <laughs> I was. I was excited. Yes, I was really excited. This is the. This is Gab unleashing I mean, the factoids. <laughs> I mean, wasn't it also like that with Bill and Ted? I just kept going and then just like without checking the Wikipedia. Yeah, we kept like, we kept like going on tangents, and it was still kind of related. And then we got into some really deep topics, yeah. as always, you know. So uh, yeah, I think that's what I have to say. What do you have to say about the Matrix SG as we wrap this up? If they make another one, make it cuntier. So all I'll say. <laughs> They does, deserve it. Does backflips in stilettos? Oh my goodness! I don't think he can do those anymore. <laughs> I know, no, no, no. Wait, he is an old yeah. man. I don't want let him do drag him at this point. <laughs> Ooh, that'd be interesting. That'd be interesting. We're not. We're. I mean, we did say Mob Psycho, but you're also like busy. I'm literally in the midst of like. Yeah, you were you were midterming the other day. We were supposed to like record a day or I am still midterming technically. <laughs> <sighs> Just need a Munzor. We can do it. Oh Nita yes, episode. yes. Okay, yeah, we'll do a Nita Munzor episode. <laughs> anyway, you guys should watch Polite Society and We Are Lady Parts. So true. Okay, that's that's what I'm gonna leave you with, and that's what Ashley's gonna leave you with. Bye. And uh, goodbye. Bye. Bye. Oh, my lato lato sa back. Stop. <laughs> What you just heard was a talk from the Secret Treehouse. Those were your hosts, SJ and Gab, and this was a production by The Playground. If you like that, please consider supporting us through the links found in the show notes. If you support us for as low as $6 in coffee, you can get the whole uncut version of this episode. And if you want your name at the end of the episode, like at this moment here, you can support us for $10. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope we get to hang out again.